Hello everyone and welcome to the Clever Girls Know podcast. My name is Bola Shokumbi. I'm the founder and CEO of Clever Girl Finance and I'm excited to have you tune in today. So my guest on today's episode is Sirenese Pierce. And Sirenese, along with her husband, paid off over $99,000 in debt in just five years. And this was an incredible feat for them. It is an incredible accomplishment because they did this while living in a very expensive city, which is San Diego. And so on this episode, you're going to hear me and Sirenese talk about what pushed her to get started on her debt-free journey, including the devastating impact of the 2008 recession on her family and friends and the experiences that they went through. She also shared the key things that they did to pay off their debts, which included delaying their wedding. And she talked about how she stays motivated as well as shares some key tips for those of you who are in the process of pursuing your own debt freedom. And so a bit more about Sirenese. She is the personal finance content creator behind the Poise Lifestyle blog and the High Five Banking Method, which she also shares on this episode. She's a millennial Latina mom to two beautiful children that she has with her husband, and they live in Southern California. And so she has a really unique perspective because she has a background in finance, and her focus is on helping everyday women balance their finances and lifestyles with poise. And so I'm excited to share this episode with you guys. But before we get into the episode, some updates. So I am so, so close to getting done with my second book. It's almost ready to go to my publishers and I am so excited. Well, there is obviously the process between when you submit the book and it actually gets published because it has to go through additional editing and review. But I am so, so close. I wanted to share that update with you guys about my investing book. Also, there is tons of content on Clever Girl Finance. We're adding new blog posts. There is Clever Girl Finance TV. We've actually created a dedicated page on the website to all the videos that I have been creating, as well as on our YouTube channel. And recently, because so many people have been asking for all kinds of different resources, we've enabled a ton of free worksheets and resources on the website and also enabled a couple free courses. So stop by clevergirlfinance.com to access those free resources. And if you love them, just copy paste the link and share it with your best girlfriends. And if you've been listening to this podcast for a while or you are a new listener and you are yet to hit that subscribe button, I would love for you to subscribe to the podcast and go ahead and share it with your friends and family, colleagues, acquaintances, if you love what you're listening to. So let's now get into this episode with Sirenese. Hey, Sirenese. Hey, how's it going? It's going great. Welcome to the Clever Girls Know podcast. Oh my gosh, thank you so much for having me. I'm super excited to be here with you talking about my story and everything else. Yes, I cannot wait to share your story. And uh, I'm excited because you and I met um, for the first time at the Dave Ramsey Influencer event last year. And I just love talking to you and getting to know you and your energy. So I'm excited to share you with the Clever Girls No audience. Awesome. Thank you. And it was so great meeting you too. Such an amazing event that it was a blessing to meet you. (laughs) So I would love for you to start out by telling us who you are and what you do. So I'm Sirenese Pierce. I am a Dominican mom of two living here in Southern California. 
And I'm actually the content creator behind the brand Poise Finance and Lifestyle. I have a blog, thepoiselifestyle.com, and it's mostly focused on helping women uh, balance out their finances and their personal life. I know that's one of the most difficult things to do. So I wanted to share my tips and tricks on how I'm able to balance the two of them together. And again, I do have a background in personal finance, so that allows me to have a better perspective on how to approach (laughs) balancing the two. And you also have a pretty awesome YouTube channel. You create some really great Q&As and, you know, tidbits on personal finance as well. So um, I, I would love for you to share, you know, the beginnings of your personal story. One of your, your big successes is paying off over $100,000 of debt, right? Um, yes. In five years, was it? Yes. And so I, I would love for you to kind of like take us back through that journey of, you know, how you got into the debt and when you got to that realization of, okay, this is enough. Um, it's time for this debt to go. Yes. I think one of the, to take it back even a little further, um, my parents are Dominican immigrants and they worked really hard. They came from nothing and I saw them become very passionate about their work And I think one of the things that made me feel like this is enough is when they lost everything during the 08 recession, Um, they ended up divorcing. We ended up losing our home and it was very detrimental. Like it was a big moment for me. I was, I wasn't even planning in getting into the personal finance space until I realized how much the economy and our personal fine, how we manage our personal finances really do affect our lives. And when I got into school, I was very purposeful to not get into a lot of student loan debt. I was really scared, actually. I kind of learned from school, from my econ teacher, that debt isn't something that, you know, it's not just free money. You owe that money back. And I didn't want to become a victim of debt. So once my fiance, he was my boyfriend at the time, we started talking about becoming more serious about, you know, our relationship, I realized that he had a lot of student loan debt and I didn't have as much, but it was still there. So we started talking about what would happen, um, you know, if a recession happened again, because both of our families were both greatly affected by that. And one thing that we realized was that even if a recession happened, if we hit rock bottom and we fell for bankruptcy, we would still have those student loans. They would not go away. So that kind of freaked me out a little bit. And it opened up the conversation for us to really start digging into just opening up about our debt that we actually had. And he was actually very passionate about, you know, not being positioned in the same situation that both of our parents were in. So we were both really open to getting out of student loan debt first um, before we even got married. So that was a really big um, push to starting our (laughs) debt-free journey. And it was both of our fears of seeing our parents in two different situations. My family ended up divorced, losing their home. His father ended up um, losing his job and, you know, that really putting a lot of stress on his mother to be the household income, the main um, bread income winner. And it was just a very, um, very touchy, you know, emotional thing. And what I've realized with personal finances, if you don't have a feeling, you know, if it doesn't move you, if it doesn't um, create anger or anxiety or, or scare, you're scared about it, you're not really going to make the necessary moves to 
to move forward in your financial journey, you know, like getting out of debt and building an emergency fund and investing for your retirement. So we felt very passionate about this and very purposeful um, when we were paying off our student loan debt. And that was pretty much the beginning of our debt-free journey. And it just escalated from there. I think we found Dave Ramsey. My husband did because I was telling him like, babe, I cannot file bankruptcy. I'm in the financial service industry. Like, I just, I do not want to, you know, all the hard work that I did, graduating from school, getting great um, positions and moving up in my career. I do not want to lose that just because we decided to not be uh, proactive in getting out of our debt and not building a strong financial um, foundation. So that was one of the biggest things that is mostly fear-based, honestly, (laughs) that pushed our financial debt-free journey. And eventually by pushing through it and saving for our emergency fund at the same time, we were able to get out of a little over $99,000 of debt, which was mostly student loan debt and car debt. Because in California, you definitely need a good car to transport yourself from work and home. (laughs) It's very far. Everything's like 45 minutes away. And there's a lot of traffic now in San Diego, believe it or not. (laughs) So you need a reliable car. And those things cost money. They're not free. And one of the things that, you know, in our minds, we're like, oh, a lot of people think they don't have a lot of debt until you start listing out how much debt you have. And you're just like, whoa, Mm -hmm. this number grew quick. (laughs) And you start realizing I have a lot of debt and it's actually holding me back. Instead of being able to invest or buy a home, I'm over here paying the minimum payment of $500 toward my car, another $500 towards student loan debt that's where all of your extra money is going to. And that's the potential that you're almost losing. And I think for us, you know, we're very passionate about um, starting our own businesses and becoming business owners. And that was one of the main things that were holding us back was the very expensive cost of living here in California and debt making it very difficult to even afford um, a comfortable comfortable living, you know? Mm -hmm. And that that was the... the main things that are really pushing us to continue our debt-free journey throughout the five years that <laughs> we were doing all this crazy stuff. That's pretty awesome. And, you know, I cannot imagine what it must have been like just in your household, you know, where the recession happened and the finances are all over the place. And then your parents are getting re- divorced as a result of everything going on. That must have been just, you know, really difficult, difficult time for you. Um, it was. And, you know, you, you also live in one of the more expensive cities in America, right? And the, the reason why I call that out is because a lot of times people will say, well, I can't, I can't deal with my finances. I can't pay off debt. I can't afford to do this because I live in New York City. I live in LA. I live in San Diego. It's so expensive here. Everybody's in debt, but you proved that it is possible to pay off debt living in an expensive city it just depends on what you're willing to do which we'll get into <laughs> yes it really does <laughs> it, right? um, yes. and the, the third thing that you said was um that I thought was just really interesting was that you guys focused on becoming on getting out of debt becoming debt free you know and it, it was fear driven and that's something that I just wanted to highlight because fear can be a great limiter. It can 
cause you not to take any action and, you know, keep you stuck in this space. But fear can also be your greatest motivator to help you make a change so that you don't ever have to experience something. And I think in your case, you had seen what your own parents had gone through. Your husband had seen what his parents were going through and just realizing, okay, this is what, this is how something out of our control, like the recession can devastate our, our families because of finances because of personal finances and we don't ever want this to happen to us I think that was a huge motivator for you guys yes it was definitely a big deal because again we were just entering our relationship unless you you wanted to get married (laughs) yes that's the thing we wanted to get married and we wanted it to last we didn't want to see someone's situation and be like oh that's not us Um, a majority of the people that I actually know ended up divorced around the time of the recession which to me was like, wow, these were all power couples that were creating Mm. great wealth, beautiful children, had the perfect lifestyle. And then you're finding out that they're also having financial issues. And that was also the baseline of why they're divorcing. And I'm just like, almost everyone that I, every family that I knew was getting a divorce. And I was like, this is insane. I thought the percentage was 50%. In my eyes, it was like 85%. (laughs) So it was pretty dramatic. And again, the women that were giving me advice on, you know, trying to make better financial decisions for myself, there were ones that were ending up divorced and seeing how they were positioned after the divorce also, you know, drove me to want to make a lot of changes in my personal spending as well. I'm like, okay, I need to start becoming more realistic with how I spend money and how much I'm contributing to my retirement you know, making sure we have a decent emergency fund. I'm seeing, you know, the cause and effects here. And a lot of this has Mm. to deal with not preparing ahead of time for yourself and for your family as a joint team. So it was a, (laughs) it's a lot to to see, I guess, as I, for a young age, because again, I was really young and it's hard to see a lot of beautiful families being broken up over finances. And, you know, nobody ever, pl- when you get married, you don't get married to, to plan to divorce. That's never anyone's intention unless that was your original plan. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God, those people are wild. <laughs> you know, right? <laughs> but, but nobody ever gets into a relationship thinking they're going to get divorced. Nobody ever, you know, plans out their life goals, planning to die unexpectedly. You see what I'm saying? But mm. at the same time, we we still need to be prepared, especially as women. And just like you saw lots of families going through divorces when I was younger, I saw my mom consoling so many friends who were in relationships that they either couldn't leave or their husband or they got divorced or their husbands passed away unexpectedly. And they just had nothing. They had no idea about the family finances. They didn't realize the decisions that their spouse was making. They were having issues in their marriage because they didn't agree with the way the husband was managing money, but because there was that lack of communication because he was the breadwinner and they were the stay-at-home mom, there wasn't much that they could do about it. And, you know, I can't stress the importance of as a woman, whether you're a single, you know, married, it's important to be on top of your finances. If you're in a relationship, you have to know what's going on you know you want your name on the title of that house and you know what that's something I saw a lot 
Because when I was working at Merrill Lynch and Ameriprise, these were women that had multi-million dollars in their portfolios. And they didn't even understand what they were signing, what was going on. Mm-mm. And it's like, wow, you would think, you know, when you're in a, you would think that, oh, because we're, we make less money, we don't have to, you know, be as involved. It's like, no, even people who have a lot of money, they're still not being as involved as they should be. So it's a little like caution sign, like, hey, yes. it's a red flag. You know, it doesn't matter how much money you have, you have to get involved and be purposeful in getting involved. Yes. And yeah, that, you know, such a key, key point. And, you know, you can get yourself involved and sometimes you might be the one that's overly involved and your partner is just <laughs> like, yeah, get, get, bring, get them involved, right? Involve mm-hmm. them what's going on. But yeah, really, really important point. So you guys spent five years paying off this 99, I'll just say a hundred thousand dollars because rounded up it's six years. <laughs> By the time you hit 99, what's the difference between 99 and 100, right? So (laughs) you spent five years paying off $99,000 of debt in San Diego, California. Um, I want you to, like, you you have to break it down for us. Like, what were you doing specifically? What were the key things you did? What were the sacrifices you made? How did you make this possible to pay off, you know, that amount of money in five years? And I think another thing that a lot of people don't realize is that we also saved our three-month emergency fund at the exact same time. And we paid off our wedding in cash <laughs> right before yeah, we got so- married, um, right after the student loans. So it was a lot of money coming in and out and going all over the place. And one of the main things that we did was we got organized. Um, we set up a strategy where we knew exactly how much money um, was coming in and exactly where it was going to go. So that comes in with, you know, if bonuses come in, what are we going to do with extra money that comes in, like bonuses or side hustles um, or increase in pay? What's going to happen to the scenario? We know that our baseline is our bills. We have to take care of um, making sure that we don't position ourselves where we're living so frugally that we start overspending. So we gave ourselves some money for our lifestyles, our individual lifestyles, because mine was a little bit more because I was working at that time. And then positioned the rest of the money towards our actual goals, which were our emergency fund, saving for our wedding, and eventually paying off all of the debt. And again, I think one of the biggest thing is to not feel like you're in a competition and a race where you have to pay it off in two years or in three years. It might take a little longer and that's okay. Don't worry about the time frame. Just make sure that you're making progress. And that's one of the main things that we did. You know, we put a time frame a little bit for the student loans because that was the one thing that scared me the most. And we did that before we got married, but we pushed our, our wedding date far further out. We didn't get married like 12 months after I got engaged. We pushed it out to like 14 or 15 months. I believe it was 15 months. Mm -hmm. But again, it's about being flexible and realizing, okay, things aren't going to, things aren't going to be picture perfect and they shouldn't be, they're not going to (laughs) be. So we have to be realistic and be like, okay, what's the moves that we want to make first? The first thing was we wanted to have a decent emergency fund, which we did for one month because $1,000 is just not enough in San Diego. That didn't even cover my rent. <laughs> so <laughs> we folks, it didn't, it really doesn't. Yeah. And I had car issues and, you know, our families needed help. 
And there was so many things that were going on. We also had an unexpected death happen where my my young cousin passed away in New York. So we both headed out there, you know, because that's the most important thing is being there for family when you need them, when they need you, especially. So having our emergency fund allowed us to not go back into debt and having enough of an emergency fund, I would say, allowed us to not go into debt. And then um, focusing on any extra money, um, side hustles, um, raises to all go towards debt. And that really allowed us to really propel in that area. And for me personally, I didn't do any side hustles. What I did is I started excelling in my career. I was was taking the Series 7 and all these financial um, curriculums and exams. And every time I passed the exam, my boss was generous enough to either give me a bonus and increase my pay so that allowed me to put a lot more money towards my um, debt. And for my husband, he's in a career where he had the opportunity to do side hustles. So that really allowed him to really start knocking out that student loan. Because a lot of times it's not always about budgeting. It's also about making more money. <laughs> and that was the one of the ways he was able to make more money to really start crushing that debt. So that was one of the biggest things I would tell people to be aware of, be flexible and find ways to budget. And on top of that, find another way to bring more money coming in to start getting rid of those debts and achieving those goals a little quicker. Because for some people it might sound like it's a long time or like very, very quickly, but you know, it all worked out with the working really hard for the first five years of our marriage to, you know, become debt free and find that financial stability that we really wanted for our family. Yeah. And, you know, those are those are some great tips. And it's also helpful that you guys were on the same page in this partnership. Right. So you guys in advance of getting married had talked about, okay, this is all the debt that we had. You you know, you had that open line of communication. You guys had that same goal of getting debt free in order to have a debt free marriage. And that's amazing. Yeah, and it wasn't always <laughs> rainbows and butterflies. Uh, yeah, of there course were, not. <laughs> <laughs> there were a lot of times, you know, where um, when I got pregnant with my first daughter, where I couldn't even manage the finances. I couldn't get involved. Um, I was very ill. I had morning sickness. And honestly, it's all day sickness <laughs> for like the first five months of my pregnancy. And it was really rough for me. And we postponed paying off debt. After we had um, our, once we paid off our um, our student loans, and we really focused on our emergency fund, and I think that's you know those are the times where you have to realize you have to pause and pivot. You have to realize that okay, paying off debt is very important, but having a net now that we have a new adventure ahead of us is also very important. You know, bringing in a new baby into this world and lowering our our income potential because I stopped working. Um, after I had my daughter, it's, you know, it's a big change before we were paying off debt very aggressively, saving for our emergency fund. And we had two incomes plus side hustles. And then we pivoted to a completely different um, area in our life where we were starting our actual family. Like we had a baby on the way. I wasn't going to be working. He was going to start his own business. And it's a lot of scary stuff. So Lowering our debt gave us a lot of um, confidence in starting our own business and pivoting to this new direction. 
but it also allowed us to postpone paying the rest of our debt and start building up our emergency fund just because we needed that extra security. Um, and to me, that was something different. You know, you don't really see Dave Ramsey talking about that or a lot of financial other financial experts talking about that. So to me, it was more about focusing on what was the most important thing to us at the moment and really going hard on that. And that was paying off debt, our student loans, saving our emergency fund, and then continuing to pay off our other um, car notes <laughs> mm-hmm. at that point. And that really worked out for us. And I know it's not very popular or common for people to say, you know, save your emergency fund while you're paying off debt, but it really did build our financial confidence. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm a huge believer of you can save money and pay debt at the same time if you do it strategically, right? You can't be saving here and then racking up more credit card debt on top of your debt, obviously that doesn't make any sense. But if you are saving your retirement, saving your uh, your emergency fund, and then, you know, you've got those things that you're putting certain amounts to every month, and then you shift your focus and aggressively pay your debt down, you can do the two at the same time, but you, there, you, you have to have a strategy around it, right? You're going to have to say, okay, I'm going to focus on saving these amounts and focus on paying off my debt and everything else, like all the other, you know, shopping, all those cool things that we all love Most to do. Postponed. <laughs> exact pause. <laughs> exactly. So, and it know. was easy to stop my um my shopping addiction because I was growing out of clothes super quickly when I was pregnant. <laughs> so, that's one of the good the pros, I guess, of uh having a starting a family is that you don't really you stop caring a lot about the things you used to care about and you start caring about new things, you know, like car seats and (laughs) strollers. And, you know, you, I love the idea that you talk about how you just, I think people hear these stories of, okay, this person saved this much in X amount of time, me, (laughs) this person paid off this much in X amount of time, you, right. You hear all these stories. You're like, Oh, there's no way I can do that. You kind of, get discouraged because it just seems out of reach because of somebody else's experience. And I love that you talked about just going at your own pace. You're not competing with anybody. It's you're not competing with Boa or Sirenese. You're going at your own pace because when we were doing those things, right, we went at our own pace, right? And even with whatever goals that we have today now, we're going on our own pace. And so just let the stories inspire you and motivate you, but don't hold yourself to doing it exactly the way that person did it if it doesn't work for your lifestyle, right? So mm-hmm. if it's going to take you seven years, that's okay. If it's going to take you two years instead of six months, that's okay. What's most important is that you keep working the plan, consistency, action, every month, taking those steps forward. That's how you get the progress. That's how you accomplish the goals. Really important to keep in mind. Yes. So you talk about, you've talked about, you know, the things you guys are doing, how you plan paying off the debt, et cetera, but it couldn't have been all exciting, right? There had to have been days where like, okay, you know what? I just want the new dress. I want new shoes. I want to go to go on vacation. How did you stay motivated? And how did you manage those days where you wanted to go out and just spend money? <laughs> like you had no debt. <laughs> you know what? We started realizing we had triggers, one of the triggers that was really hard for us to break was every time I would buy something um, a little bit more expensive, my husband would want to buy something the same price. And then 
it was usually the reverse. He would buy something a little bit more expensive and then I would want something at equal value or more. And we started realizing that those were our triggers and we started working on them slowly. Like, okay, why is it that I want a new iPhone now that he got a new iPhone? We clearly saved for him to be able to do make that purchase. <laughs> why is it that now I want to go to stay at a hotel that costs the exact same amount of money as the new iPhone? This is craziness. So, you know, it was really hard and you had to do a lot of internal <laughs> um, searching and fixing to be able to modify those little triggers. And, you know, one thing that really helped, unfortunately, was when we found out that my son had a heart defect, my second baby, and all of those triggers kind of just stopped right then in those tracks right there. And we started actually saving more money for his heart because that became more important. You know, before we were we were feeling like we wanted to spend money and enjoy because why not? You know, what's stopping us? There's no real reason. We have nothing else to do other than enjoy ourselves, you know? And then when we found a bigger purpose, like our son's heart surgery, um, those urges kind of just disappeared. And I know that's really hard for a lot of people to understand, but when you're going through these emotions of when you're pregnant and you know your son might have open heart surgery either right after he's born or six months later, you know, your priorities start to change and mine's changed completely. I became a super aggressive saver more than I ever was because those little triggers, they weren't triggering me the same way. They weren't affecting me. It's kind of like those TV ads where they, they affect you and you're just like, oh, I need to go buy that now. I wasn't being affected like that. It was almost like disappeared. It was so weird, but I, it, I realized that yeah, if priorities, you have your priorities changed, yeah. What, once what was you have most important presented itself to you, exactly. Once you have a bigger purpose, those smaller things just disappear. And I think for a lot of people, one tip that I, I share with a lot of people is to find find your why and find a bigger purpose outside of just yourself. And when you start mm-hmm. finding a bigger purpose for your emergency fund, it's going to be very easy to start saving for your emergency fund. When you see the bigger purpose of lowering your debt so that you're not so financially stressed every single month, if you find the purpose in that, you will get out of debt because you're feeling something, you know, there's something that's triggering you to make that action. And with finances is very emotional. It's very psychological. And that's what affected me the most. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah, it's, you know, that finding that higher purpose, the thing, once the thing that matters most presents itself to you, your life changes. And if you can recognize it before the life change happens, even better. And, um, you know, I'm so glad that your, your, your son is healthy, you know, but at the same time, in addition to that being a huge, like, stressor, finding that out, it was also a huge financial obligation, right? Mm -hmm. Yes. Um, and you guys obviously had to pause everything else to focus on helping your son get healthy and making sure he got the right surgery and all of that. And so life will throw you all kinds of things. Yeah. Um, and that's the thing and- that people don't realize during the debt-free, during their debt-free journey. They think that it's going to be, oh, here's the plan. It's set in stone and let's knock it out. And that's just not how life is. Your budget cannot be concrete. Your finances will never be concrete. Life is never concrete. Um, everything has to flow at its own time. And 
definitely some pebbles will be thrown. <laughs> but if you stay pebbles the course, you will get there. <laughs> pebbles are no, boulders. Yeah. <laughs> that was more of a boulder, but definitely some pebbles <laughs> along the way as well. <laughs> You know, it's all about accommodating how life happens and and adjusting your mindset. Mm-hmm. Because sirenies, in your instance, honestly, I can't imagine getting that kind of news about my child. There are some people who will shut down mm-hmm. and they will not make any effort to do anything other than just worry and stress and be there for their child. Right. Mm-hmm. And so you really have to just be open-minded and build the resilience that, okay, you have this plan, but things may happen that may shift your plan. And I'm going to shift myself along with it to make sure that the outcome is always positive. even though it Yes. Isn't. Yes. And it's also readjusting the plan. A lot of times it's not sticking to the plan as it, as it, you know, you planned for it in your mind. It's also readjusting it, you know, around this time we stopped paying Um, extra on our debt. We stopped saving towards our emergency fund and we started really focusing on making sure that this moment that we were going to be planning for my son's surgery um, went smooth as smooth as possible, you know, because even though um, my son was going through the situation, my husband at that point, he had to stop working because, you know, he had to help out. (laughs) We were going to be in LA, the whole surgery, it was like about over two weeks we were there. And one thing that we realized was, you know, thank goodness that we had our finances organized in a way that we didn't have to continuously look at our budget. We we knew that we had the money for our bills. We knew we had money in our emergency fund. And we also felt very confident because um, one thing that, excuse me, that a lot of people don't know is that when you go in for surgery, they ask you for the money up front. You know, there's those Pay people. <laughs> yeah, they the day before, it was like, are you serious right now? And, you know, it, it felt good to be like, okay, yeah, we have the money. It's not a problem. Bring it, you know, bring the mm. bring the problems and we're going to solve them. We came prepared. We made a new plan to make that transition of that surgery as smooth as possible. And what we realized was that this was very, um, it was a really big deal, you know, to not have to deal with fi- the financial stress that comes with, you know, all of these boulders that come attacking you and that we could really be in the moment and be there for our son and not focus on, is the bills coming in okay? Do we have money for that? Do we have money for this? And just not be in that moment, you know, in that area of looking into our budget or our bank accounts and just really be in that moment. And what I realized when I was there was that that wasn't the situation for a lot of other people there. There were a lot of um, other families that they lost their jobs. They were living in their car. Um, They were living in the Ronald McDonald house. They were going through so many financial um, boulders in their life that um, it made me very appreciative that we planned as much as we could and that we took advantage of every penny that we had beforehand to position us to be able to become less financially stressed out during that moment. And I know it's hard to look at other people's situation and be like, oh man, that's not me. Thank God. But, you know, around that time, you're just like, wow, I need all the good, positive um, energy and prayers to come my way. And I can't really focus on the money part. And the money part really does, you know, bring a negative vibe a little bit to the situation. So I was really happy to not have to deal with that. 
So you're in the space where you guys are on the other side of that debt and you're now able to do certain things that you couldn't do while you were in debt, right? So one of the things you wanted to do was get married debt-free, which you did. Um, and now you and your husband are both entrepreneurs running your own businesses, right? Which is amazing. And so now that you're in this space where you're debt-free, what are some of the things that you're doing to ensure your debt freedom is permanent and that you continue building wealth? And I know that you have this amazing banking method that you have created for to help you support this, but I'd love for you to kind of share, you know, how you're setting the intention to build wealth now, and then also more about that amazing high-five banking method that you have. Yes, thank you for bringing that up. So the high five banking method was something that we came up with while we were going through our debt-free journey. Again, one of the main things that we did was we organized and repurposed everything that we did, we were doing. So that started with how we were banking, how we were budgeting and managing the money, the extra money that was coming in. And one of the things that we did is we started this a fund it's an a savings account called the short-term goals account. And pretty much instead of going into debt for the things that we wanted to do, we started saving for them. And this helped me, helped us while we were in debt. And it has helped us now that we're out of debt. And one of the main things that we realized is that again, finances is very emotional. It's a very emotion driven. So one of the best things that we could do is it is control our finances by controlling our emotions. And the best way we can control our emotions was by giving our money a lot of purpose behind it and by saving for what we actually wanted. So that's how we kind of came up with the high five banking method was repurposing everything that we had. And it combines it's five bank accounts. So two checking accounts and three savings accounts. And pretty much each account has a very specific purpose. So the first checking account is your bills. We focused on prioritizing our bills right away because again, my family lost their home. We've been, we were, we've struggled before in the past. And this is one of the priorities that we wanted to make sure that we had uh, food in the table, a roof over our head and transportation. So that was very important to us. The next thing was our lifestyle checking account. This was the account that we saved for all entertainment and fun, because a lot of times when you're going through your debt-free journey, you're cutting out all of the things that you love to do, all of your hobbies to save as much money and put as much money towards your debt. And a lot of times you need to give yourself a little bit of money on a monthly basis to just go out for a happy hour, go out for a coffee and just be yourself, you know, not really feel like you're always on this grind of being frugal and cheap or whatever <laughs> other stigmas there are. It's more about just making sure you're prioritizing giving yourself a little bit of money to, you know, be yourself. Yeah. Then when it comes to the three savings accounts, the first one is your emergency fund. Again, very important for us. Um, we've seen our family, how much they suffered and struggled through the recession. We wanted to protect ourselves as much as possible. So our emergency fund um, was our top priority. After that is our long-term goals. This is the account that we used to save for our wedding while we were paying off debt as well. Again, this is something that took us longer than 12 months to achieve. It took us like 15 months. So we save for that specifically. And again, weddings are very expensive. It's <laughs> as cheap as you try to make them. Right. <laughs> They're still going to be expensive. So we prioritize saving for our wedding and that long-term goals account. And then 
the again, last but not least is the short-term goals account. And we use the savings account routinely to stay out of debt. And I'm so grateful for this account because we, this is probably the savings account that I touch the most because this is where we're saving for, you know, updated cell phones, car maintenance, um, registration for your cars. There's a lot of car stuff going on right now in my household. (laughs) But, you know, some things are fun and some things are not. (laughs) But that was a big way that we were able to, to make sure that we're staying out of debt. And I think that'd be very beneficial for a lot of people, especially when you're so used to, you know, swiping your credit card and adding to your debt while you're trying to pay down your debt. Save for what you want and you (laughs) can have it. (laughs) Yeah, so, so important. And thank you for sharing that. And so uh, what advice would you give anyone who's listening to this and just looking for some general encouragement, you know, given all of your experiences and where you are now and going through that journey, including the emotions, the up and the ups and downs, the emotions, you know, what encouragement would you give that person listening? I would say to find your why and to find purpose in everything that you're doing. Don't save just to save. Don't invest just to invest. Don't pay off debt just to pay off debt. Make sure you're doing it with purpose. You're paying off debt to stay out of debt. You're you're saving for your emergency fund. You You're spending with purpose. You're spending because you know that you have bills that are a priority that you have to pay. Don't just spend money here and there because a lot of times we're very emotional people (laughs) and we tend to overspend when we're in that zone. So a lot of times we have to pause and figure out what is the purpose behind this? Why am I buying this? Why am I going into debt? What is the bigger purpose behind every single move that I'm making. And that really helped us when it came to organizing our five accounts with the high five banking method. And it also gave us a lot of purpose on why we wanted to pay off our debt and start our businesses and start our family. It's finding the bigger purpose. And I think that's, it's very difficult to do, but once you put it out on paper and really start thinking about it a little bit more, you'll start to figure out that it's going to come out of you naturally. It's something that moves you. And whatever moves you, that's what you need to be focusing on. So, so, so true. So thank you so much, Sirenes. And uh, before I let you go, um, I want to know what is your Clever Girl superpower? Oh, man, I would say I'm a natural saver which is really good because it's kind of, (laughs) it helps us save for the things that we really wanted to do. And again, you, you know, you don't want to go into debt um, to do the things that you love. You just have to save for them and they are possible if you give yourself a little bit more leeway and be patient with yourself. And I think that's a really big, important thing to do um, when you're on your financial journey. If you're a clever girl. (laughs) I love it. (laughs) (laughs) and how can folks keep in touch with you they want to learn more about what you're up to the high five banking method etc yes so the main place you can find me at is on my website thepoiselifestyle.com so my instagram is poise finance lifestyle and also on my youtube i do um Q&A Tuesdays on the Poise Finance and Lifestyle. It's a very fun little series. I think a lot of you guys will find it kind of fun. (laughs) Yes, and I'll be sure to link all of that, your website, Instagram, and the YouTube channel in the show notes. So thank you so much, Sirenes. This was so awesome. Thank you so much, Bola, for having me. Thank you, guys.
So I hope you guys have enjoyed listening to this episode of the podcast with Sirenese and you're feeling inspired and motivated to go tackle your own financial goals. If you have enjoyed listening to the podcast, please subscribe. You can subscribe everywhere you listen to your podcasts. And if you are loving the podcast, head on over to iTunes and leave a review so that other amazing women just like you can find this podcast as well. And be sure to stop by clevergirlfinance.com and check out our articles, our free worksheets and courses. And and also Clever Girl Finance TV, which you can also find on our YouTube channel. I'll talk to you guys on the next episode of the podcast. And thank you so much for listening.